You are listening to the Practicing the Art of Small Business podcast with Shannon Merlot and Julie Parker. Join their conversation about business, leadership, and the self-awareness journey to greater success. You are listening to Practicing the Art of Small Business. We are at episode 14. Julie, how are you? I'm really good, Shannon. Episode 14, that's pretty exciting. Very exciting. Can we, before we talk about what we're talking about, can we update our avid listeners to what we did last week? Because it was super fun. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, please fill them in. So Julie and I went and met each other and we we drove together, which was super fun. We could have done a podcast recording while we were driving and talking, talking about life. And we had our photos taken together. So we're updating all of our imagery, which is so exciting. It feels like we're evolving. It does feel like we're evolving. It feels like a true partnership rather than just splicing two separate images together (laughs) through Photoshop. We're actually there together. That was exciting. And it was a fun day too. A crazy, chaotic, fun 40 minutes in essence. <laughs> I, have, I have never worn so many clothes in a 40-minute. <laughs> People say, quick, do it now, come back out, come on. <laughs> no, it was, it was a lot of fun. And it's going to be fun to use those images in our promotions of the podcast, but we should really promote Gemma Carr Photography, who was just so ridiculously awesome. So if you need photography down here in Melbourne, contact Gemma Carr Photo- Photography. We'll add her her uh, contact details in the show notes. She is it's the second time I've used her, first time Shannon's used her. She's such a lot of fun, great at what she does, and it's always a, such a thrill to get those images because they're so much better than the selfies that we take of ourselves with our phones. Yeah, she, she managed to make me look not as awkward as what I normally look in photos. So, uh, yeah, no, it's really good fun and, and such a practical way to get a lot of shots. So it was good yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely was. But now that we've done a little promo, um, which we, we haven't been sponsored, not yet, but... <laughs> soon, Gemma, soon. <laughs> soon. Uh, what are we talking about today, Julie? Well, we're going to be talking about what keeps us stuck. So often we know we are in a rut or in a bad frame of mind and we think, oh, we just need a good holiday We know that we get into these behaviours or thought patterns that are unhelpful and they don't progress us through any kind of issue to come to a better way of managing a situation or our lives. And so we feel stuck. And so let's have a think about what makes us stuck and we'll see if we can come up with any solutions. We're not promising anything. (laughs) (laughs) And and again, that may get edited out if we've come up with an amazing solution by the end of the podcast. (laughs) A suspense for the listeners. Oh, I might, I may be disappointed at the end of the program, or I might not. (laughs) You may or may not. Let us know. Give us feedback. (laughs) So, Julie, do you want to give us just a short bit of context around why this has come up in your in your experience and why we're talking about it today? I would love to, Shannon. Thanks so much for asking me to do so. You are welcome. So last week, the week before last, I think it was now, one of our clients at Julie Parker Practice Success, we had a workshop for them and they're a magnificent group and they've had some fracturing of the business partnership and so the team has split and then we had COVID as well and people were working from home and things were less efficient but a lot of stress. A lot of stress that they and it's actually been going on for quite a period of time as well and at, 
at this workshop, Charles Covest, my husband, Australasia's passion provocateur, he was hosting and, and facilitating us all the way through the, all that team, not me, <laughs> the whole team, not just me, uh, through this day. And what we wanted to do was encourage the team members to see the whole list of benefits that come from this difficult circumstance, such as we learn how to work as a team better. Our team is stronger because of it. Because of it. There's really strong leadership. We know what that looks like. We've got more refined systems now. We've become innovative thinkers of how to work from home and still get the, the job done. However, there were a small collection of staff members who couldn't come up with any benefit whatsoever. And what Charles was talking about is that when we're moving through something difficult, it feels very difficult because we tend to focus on the drawbacks. But in every situation, in fact, there's equal number of benefits as well. And if you can start to really focus on the benefits, then all of a sudden the drawbacks seem worth it to get to that lovely, wonderful space. With the few staff members that just could not get any benefits down, one of them was having a one-on-one during the break and trying to get her brain to come up with some of the benefits. And so one of my methods to get her there was to help her imagine what the practice would look like in the future when it's all back to normal again and the team are functioning well, they've got no barriers and challenges to work through just, just to get a day's work done. And it's a wonderful looking picture too. They're going into a brand new premises that's purpose built. The team itself are really tight. So to me, as an outsider, I can see the large number of benefits. But this girl just could not. She's like, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. And I thought, gosh, I think there's a possibility that if you focus too heavily on the drawbacks to the exclusion of all benefits, and or do you focus on the drawbacks for such a long period of time that you can no longer see the light at the end of the tunnel? It doesn't even exist. They can't even imagine what that looks like. And if that's the case, you can absolutely remain stuck. And what can you do in management of that? And I couple that information with the information that I mentioned at our last podcast episode, the Jordan Peterson self-authoring process. And part of the self-authoring process is also reminiscent of what I did with Tony Robbins in Unleash the Power Within. And that is, let's have a look, a very real look at what your future looks like if you don't progress towards the life that you want. So you maintain the unhelpful behaviours and attitudes that you that are not working for you. If that just got worse and worse and worse, years down the track, what does your life look like? And if you write that future down, you start to really recognise how absolutely undesirable that is to the point where you want to run screaming from that future. And so in life we either are motivated by pleasure, moving towards pleasure, or avoiding pain. And what I found in the Jordan Peterson process was, and the Tony Robbins process, was that it's a very effective thing to move away from this terrible, painful future that I'd have if I didn't do something today about things. And so I wonder if we are, if that's one of the reasons why we're stuck, because we just can't see that bright, shiny light. I wonder if moving away from pain and an undesirable future is a better path to take. What do you think, Shannon? I have lots of thinking. I have lots of thoughts here, Julie. <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So you're absolutely right. We, we're either motivated by avoiding pain or moving towards pleasure. The problem, however, is if we're stuck, my belief, my understanding and my own experience is that if we're stuck in the now because we can't see pleasure in the future, it's because we're either not experiencing enough pain in the now or the pain of the now is giving us a benefit. So whenever anyone that I coach is sort of stuck in the moment, I will say to them, or stuck in a certain pattern, I will ask them, what's the benefit that you're getting from being here now? And this is something that you could do as a leader. What is the benefit? And a lot of people are like, there's no benefit. It's like, yes, there is. Because if the if there was no benefits of doing it this way, you wouldn't be doing it this way. So there's something about safety or security or connection or validation or there is something that is fulfilling a need within you that is keeping you where you are. And so I could philosophize, Julie, that often people um, often people that the complainers, the complainers, that they'll complain and they won't want to change things because actually the complaining gets them attention. It allows them to be a bit of a martyr. It gives them a sense of significance. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad. It's just validating the reason for them to continue to complain. And so there is no benefit to change because where would they get their level of significance otherwise? That's one thought. What are your thoughts on my thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I would never normally cite this next person as a source of guidance and advice. However, it has stuck with me ever since I read his book back in the, when it was first released. So, you know, back in 1830 or whenever I was 20 years old. And it was Dr. Phil. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Phil had this phrase and it has stuck with me, what's in it for you? And if someone says it's a terrible situation, da 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 da, and you know this is my response to it, what's in it for you? And you keep asking that question until they give you an authentic answer for yourself in self reflection. Keep asking yourself that question until you get an authentic answer. Because even though the thing we're getting out of it, the process towards that feeling is not helpful, could be destructive. We are still getting something out of it. And he agreed, Shannon, that we only do things that we get something out of. Mm-hmm. And that's not a selfish thing. That just makes sense about where we're going to spend our time and energy. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose there's a survivability around that because the longer that our environment is serving our survival, the longer that we will live. So our brains are really smart and our brains are like, cool, well, this is helping me to survive, so I'll just keep doing this. Um, mm. And if we go back to that significance thing and we kind of take it, pair it back, being part of this tribe who validates our current experience then means that we're protected within the tribe and our survivability is longer. So, look, don't get me started on a on a what, what helps our, our survive uh, tangent. We've got a... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple more thoughts. Can I share yeah. those thoughts of those your thoughts of my thoughts of those thoughts? <laughs> Go, please. There's one when I changed 
my role from when I was employed, last employed at the Movember Foundation, I had a really strong sense of loss of identity. And I had been running my business for a little while, but I identified so much with being part of the Movember crew that I felt really lost for a while. And whenever we're looking to transition our identity and put ourselves into the future, if we can't identify with that future version of ourselves, then we can't we can't actually get there in our own minds. And so I wonder whether there was an opportunity or any is an opportunity for this person to think about, well, what identity could I have? As opposed to what does the future look like? What do what is my identity now and what is my identity in the future? And the reason I say this is back in a couple of years ago, I looked at who who am I in five years' time? What are the things that I've taken on board that makes me different to who I am today? And it didn't it was like, oh, I'd let go of that you know behavior, I'd updated that skill and that sort of thing. But I needed to have a fundamental identity shift in order to think in that level that's another thought what are your thoughts on my thoughts yeah I love it I love it and I love that because quite often people do find it difficult to project themselves forward into a dream life I mean one of the challenges I've always had with that is I don't know what that looks like what it looks like to me now is going to be quite different possibly in six months a year so I've always found that a bit of a challenge uh but I think you have really touched on to something, this particular girl and other people in this kind of situation, if it's not part of their identity to, to be there, if they haven't put themselves there, then I don't belong there. That's mm. not where I'm comfortable. That's, not, that's where I know nothing. Mm. Here it might be traumatic, <laughs> but mm. I know it. Yes. And I know what role I play here. Mm. makes me just think about these lovely five questions that uh, Sandy Ross, she was a dental communication guru from America, and she came out lecturing and working with dental practices, and she she's a bit of a, uh, she doesn't realise she's my mentor, but she's my mentor. And she's got these fantastic five questions, and it's around teams and moving forward, but I think we could always relate it to our lives as well and make it more of an individual journey. And the first question is, where have we been? Mm -hmm. Second question is, where are we now? Where are we going? How will we get there? And what role will each one of us play in getting there? And I think that fifth question is when you can implant yourself into the future mm, mm. and maybe that's something that does get missed with some teams when they're going through some upheavals and things that yeah we know it's been tough and we've you know but we know where we're going and we've got those strategies in place on getting there but getting in that step deeper what role will I play what does my life look like there mm. so what came up for me before but has just been reinforced now, which is always how this podcast works. <laughs> beautiful serendipity is, and this is something that is so important for leaders to really tap into, is the risk of learned helplessness mm. and the impact of the lack of empowerment around having control in our environment can cause. So I 
have experienced times in my life where there's a lack of hope of change of the future. And that comes about through lots of mechanisms. But in a work environment, that lack of hope can come about through the lack of autonomy to be able to change anything. And I've experienced that in workplaces where you, you sort of come up with a suggestion, you change a thing, you, you tr- you're trying, you as an employee are trying to make forward momentum, but keep getting blocked or told, no, we're not taking that on board. No, that's not good enough. No, I don't have time to look at that. No, 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 no. And I'm a very proactive person. I like to change things. I like to come up with ideas. There's been work environments where I've just gone, yeah, learn, uh, done. And if, if learned helplessness is a concept that's unfamiliar to you, there was a experiment. There's been lots of experiments done on animals, uh, Sorry, that's what that, that's where they've done. <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> this isn't a, a show on the ethics of, of animal uh, um, animal experimentation. But what they did is they, and I'm going to get the experiment wrong, but one of the ones that I recall was with dogs, and they would there were certain areas of the pen that was electrocuted. Or their, f- their food, they'd go to the food and they would be rewarded and they'd go to something else and they would be electrocuted. So the dog learnt to avoid the thing where they would get electrocuted. Smart dogs, right? <laughs> but what, then what silly. they did is, yeah, but then what they did is they would then start to electrocute them when they went to food. Mm. And then, terrible, I know. Terrible right? <laughs> <laughs> I know right? But then, and they, and, and so then the dog would avoid the food, but then the dog couldn't, and then they'd go back to the other thing and they wouldn't get electrocuted. Anyway, the long and the short of it was, is that the dog couldn't predict where it would get electrocuted. And so it stopped moving completely. It completely gave up hope. And they, I, I, I could be very wrong here, but I think they never went to the food and they gave up hope so much that they just stopped living essentially and this is the power of not being able to progress in in life Mm. so I do wonder whether there's something of that in play where this person feels so disempowered because of the experience that they've had that there's a sense of you know what it doesn't matter where I turn and I can't imagine a better future because it's never going to change because I'm getting shocked every which way correct and the things that used to cause me give me pleasure now that's causing me pain as well. Correct. That's very interesting, Shannon, because it prompts me to think that in those sort of unique and hopefully very rare circumstances where you're a leader of a team and you're going through some very challenging times and there are times that you would normally as a strong leader take the reins and say, follow me, here we go towards the silver lining and I will show you the way. But that in itself is disempowering. And in actual fact, what those team members may need is to be part of the process and taking actions that build that beautiful, bright, shiny future. Mm. And by doing that, they're putting themselves into that bright, shiny future. Therefore, they can see it, feel it, taste it, nearly touch it. And it then becomes a motivating force rather than something that's quite demotivating. Mm. And I think that there's a really interesting learning point there is that if we fail to empower our team to 
be on their own bus and take their own responsibility for how they're going to show up, how they're going to be a part of the solution, then we're teaching them to rely on us for their solutions. And that's validating for some leaders. If my team members can't possibly get through this without me telling them how we're going to get through this, I'm getting validated. So there's actually something about us as leaders to let go, to allow our team members to step up, to see that when they take responsibility and are empowered to take action independently of you being the leader, telling them to take action, then that then starts to drive the motivation to take more steps forward and more steps forward. And all of this is good in theory, but it's the practicality of how you do it with lots of things going on and Mm. lots of challenge and lots of personalities and things like that. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And this is where really good team meeting <laughs> put aside a whole afternoon depending on the intensity of the challenge and just that main maintaining open lines of communication providing opportunities consistent regular opportunities for communication so julie yeah. we've talked around an, a number of different scenarios here do you have a sense of if someone has a team member that they notice that they're stuck or they themselves acknowledge that they're stuck what are your top three things that you would suggest to help unstuck a little bit that's not proper english but forgive me people (laughs) that never stopped us before (laughs) i think the top three things are progress 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 i think it's in the doing that we gain additional confidence about our abilities in the here and now and therefore our abilities in the future. I think we can get stuck when we feel like where it's either Groundhog Day or I don't know where to put my thoughts or what have you, but there are so many helpful things that we can do that make us feel like we are building a better life in no matter what way, doesn't it? And those sort of things could be if you don't make your bed every morning, get up and make your bed every morning. That by itself can feel like you're progressing in that moment and for that day when you come home from work and, yep, the bed's all made. I achieved <laughs> something today. Mm-hmm. The progress could be listening to this podcast, any other number of podcasts, reading a book about a helpful thing that you could do about the challenging time or about the the space that you want for yourself in the future. So I think doing things, setting yourself with mini goals, achieving those mini goals, little tiny things, going out for a half hour walk, you know, three times this week, achieving mini goals helps you rely upon yourself that you get things done. You make good things happen to your life. And I can believe and have faith in that because look at the evidence I'm accruing that that is the case. Mm. I think, I think that would be my advice. Progress, Mm. progress, progress. Progress, progress, progress. And my advice would be really looking internally. And it's not my advice because it was my information. Um, (laughs) But really look internally. The big shift for me personally has always been to realise that everything that I am doing and thinking right now is serving a purpose for being here right now so even if even if I were to be able to visualize this amazing future 
if I'm unable to make change in the now to get there, it's because there's something here that is serving me and it will be fulfilling some sort of core need around security or safety, like knowing that my reality is this and I don't know what my future reality really is or the uncertainty of that. It might be that I like the drama. I like the I like the variety of the drama that's created where I am right now, whereas a stable future doesn't have that level of uncertainty, which I'm actually driven by. It could be that that significance. And incidentally, I'm talking um, core needs are a Tony Robbins thing and kind of fun to, to look into. But uh, the, it, it, the significance and connection is the other one. So right now, if being stuck is keeping me in my tribe, my group of people who validate that stuckness, then in a future that I say that I can even talk about is that I don't have anything to be stuck on or complain about, then what's my tribe going to say and how am I going to stay safe within my tribe? So if you're looking to unpack why you are personally stuck, if you're listening to this, and there's lots of leaders who don't don't create change because they in fact are stuck, have a think about what what is keeping you there from the perspective of where is the validation that you're getting? What is the gain that you're getting from staying where you are? That, like Dr. Phil, yeah, like Dr. Phil said, what's in it for you? Yeah. Yeah. I want everyone to go around saying Dr. Phil quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a real doctor though, isn't he? He is a real doctor. Yes, highly discredited but a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of other real doctors who... We'd say the same thing. Anyway. <laughs> well, we went Shannon, deep today, Julie. We did go deep today and it mm. feels like that the time has flown by. I think it has. I want to continue on. I keep thinking of additional things to say. but Well, we'll just have to hold that to the next podcast episode. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but until the next podcast, I'd love to encourage all of our viewers and listeners to subscribe to the podcast. Yes. And subscribe to the YouTube channel if that's your preferred way of experiencing Shannon and I. We've had a few people comment that they've seen our little episodes and seen us. I think it's I personally, to be fair, while I've been listening back to our our episodes when I'm writing the notes, I prefer to watch us. Is that that ego-driven? I don't care if it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Also, do put a five-star review if you can. As we've said in the past, we don't accept anything less. (laughs) (laughs) And only positive reviews. Well, you're very welcome to email us and tell us how we can improve because we're yeah, that, always looking to be to be better. Email those ones, yes. <laughs> and be kind. Use emojis. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Shannon. As always, it's an absolute delight. Thank you, Julie. I've got episode you. number 15. Wow. Later on. With, new, with new imaging. Woohoo. Exciting. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later. Bye.